From Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Monday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody had a nice weekend. Quite a bit for us to catch you up on. And we will do that as we uh, get things going here with our number one of the drive, which is brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they're also the sponsor of our hotline. And that's one of the ways you can get through to us by calling 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive Text Box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. Go to your favorite podcasting platform or go to ESPNAU.com or RadioAlabama.net and use the Podcast Center. That's all presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com with us here in the studio. B-Matt, how you doing? I am doing great. Had a good weekend and uh, ready to get to Hoover here tomorrow and cover some SEC. Spend all night if you're getting up there tomorrow. I mean, that's the thing. Auburn plays the last game, and it never starts on time. And there's rain the forecast Never starts on time. That's right. But from my experience, what I do is I just wait here. Until I, I know for sure they're going. Oh, that's a good idea. You know, there's no reason to go up. No, that's true. that's one of the benefits. Three hours. It's one of the benefits then, of living ninety yeah. minutes. Yeah. Or so from yeah. The, as from the as opposed, yeah, if it were a four-hour drive or something like that, that would yeah. be you'd be stuck. So, I'll so just, just keep my eye on. So things. we'll see. And Auburn gets a familiar opponent. Yes, Missouri again, <laughs> and in the late game. And if they win that game, they'll play Vanderbilt. Um, uh, Wednesday night in the late game again, right? So. Mm-hmm. So the folks headed down from Missouri are in the the sort of bind yeah. we were just talking about with where we're oh, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan doesn't have to worry about that, but yeah, hopefully the game can get started as early as possible. This team wants to keep playing because they oh yeah they don't they don't care about having days off right now. Although I mean, you just wonder, you know, what's you know what 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 are the options tomorrow night as far as pitching? Well, Tommy Bell will start. They're going to call uh, his appearance on was it Saturday? Yes, uh, yeah, a bullpen. He went two innings. Uh, Butch, we t- just talked to him just about um, an hour ago, and he said Tommy's looking much better, feeling better, and ready That's to go. That's good. I mean, because, yeah, he was just weak. You could see yeah. it. I mean, he, he, you know, he looked like he didn't feel well. Yeah. So I, I think that's excellent. You know, this, this team has not won SEC tournament in 25 years, so you kind of feel like maybe they're due. I don't know if this is the team to do it or not. But You'd sure like to at least get another win because right now, and, 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 and Anthony, hang on, we'll be with you in just a second. Um, but, I mean, you see Auburn projected uh, by multiple places now as hosting. D1 Baseball's got Auburn as the number 12 overall yes, national seed. Excellent. I, I did not expect to see that today. That's, that's terrific yeah, for Auburn. Yeah, one of, one of seven SEC teams hosting is what they've got. We'll talk more about that shortly. Uh, we, we've got a canned Tiger Takes today. Because Justin Kirby is on his way to uh, to Birmingham. Yeah, they were loading up so, the bus when I was. Yeah, walking so Jacob out of there. Jacob talked with him this morning. So we will we will let you hear that interview at five thirty. Right now, let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline and Anthony in early. How you doing, Anthony? I'm doing good, and you guys doing fine. Good to hear from you, Anthony. 
Thank you. I saw somewhere where Joey uh, Gatewood is uh, transferring to an ACC school Louisville. and he still is has headed to eligibility. Yep. Sixth, sixth year yep. of eligibility, yep. using, utilizing the COVID uh, the COVID year. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah and uh, expected to be a tight end. Yep. Oh <laughs> my God! Damn, if he just would have, he just would have went ahead and, and and done that in the beginning, he probably could be in the pros now, uh, catching for somebody. You know. Maybe, but uh, again, I, I don't know. Maybe there maybe. were folks who yeah. there were folks who liked his ceiling more away from quarterback, whether it was on defense or as a pass catching receiver or tight end. Um, but you know, I can understand that's a position it's tough to walk away from. From what I, you know, when I when I talk to former quarterbacks who were approached about switching positions at some point in their careers, it's tough to. It's tough to decide you're not a quarterback anymore and you want to try something else. And Joey Gatewood gave it a lot of shots. Auburn, Kentucky, I think UCF looked at him as a quarterback too at three different places before deciding that his future in college football was going to be somewhere else. I wish him all the luck. You know, I, I really do hope that things work out for him in his final year as a college football player. And there were, I mean, if you think back to 2018 when he got here, there were people who thought that he had the athleticism and the size to make an impact at receiver or tight end uh, if if uh, if things worked out for him. So, yeah, I hope uh you know, I, I hope it uh I hope it ends with a, you know, I hope there's a happy ending to the Joey Gatewood story in, in college football. Well, did he graduate? Has he graduated yet or, or is he just still I'm not class? sure. I would imagine because he's on school number 4 and uh, yeah, know, I, I would. I would be think, a whole lot it's, easier it's his, it's his, as a grad transfer. Yeah, and, and it's his sixth year of, of college football. I would think he has a four year degree by now. I don't know if that's like I don't. I don't want to assume that. Uh, but but I think it would it would make him it would make his transfer process easier at this stage if he if he's already uh, if he's already obtained an undergraduate degree and now he's moving on to grad school. Well, we'll see what he does in the fall. Hopefully he does uh, go ahead and get his degree, and uh, maybe, maybe we'll see him catch a pass or two. Thanks, yeah, guys. Yeah, maybe so. Appreciate it, Anthony. Yep. Uh, the transfer portal has been rather busy. Not the first name I thought people no. were going to want to talk about involving the no, transfer portal. No, that's one portal. of the later stories, though. <laughs> but, I mean, that was, that was come up during the middle of the day or something here today. But, uh, but Brian, oh, first of all, I uh, want to let everyone know that uh, a week from today is Memorial Day. So we will not, we will not, yeah, we will not be on the air. We won't be doing a show on Memorial Day. Okay. And, and, and Brian, I was thinking about this on the way in. Maybe next Monday there won't be portal news for Auburn, but my goodness, it has been crazy for the last few weeks and this past week, no exception. Uh, Really? They've added two and, Really, a third is coming. Like uh, it's not official, official, but just wait, waiting, waiting right. for the official right. announcements right. from from Auburn and, and but, the player. But more great work, I think, for this team. First of all, they went out and got another receiver in Shane Hooks, caught ten touchdowns. Not just another receiver either. I mean, right. he is a big, yeah. bodied uh, guy who uh, who has got a tremendous catch radius yep. and had over sixty receptions and. Ten touchdowns this yep. past year. They got good size, about six four, six five ish. You mm-hmm. know, so you're getting a guy that's going to step in and compete for a starting spot right away. Uh, and he's one of four now receivers they brought him from the portal. So they've got a quarterback. They got four new receivers. They got two freshmen coming in. They're going to play receiver also. J.C. Hard and um, assuming uh, 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 yeah, Dequavius Sorry will, will also be uh, eligible. He'll be here too. So. That position is definitely getting uh, some more bodies and some more talent to work with and uh, should be an exciting uh, competition in the fall there. And then, 
you know, if you look at the Jack linebacker position, which is the edge rushing position, right. there are now five newcomers. No returning players at that right. position anymore. But it's five. You got five deep there. Yep, yep, you do. And because they added uh, Stephen Sings from Liberty, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a guy that's a rotation guy. You know, I think they got Jalen McLeod there, who could potentially start. Elijah McAllister, they got uh, back in January. And then the two freshmen. Two freshmen. Kelter Foss is going to be a special player, and, and Britton Williams is, is going to play as a true freshman. He's, he's going to be a good player, too. Um, you know, as the years progress, he's going to get better and better. So they've really helped themselves there. And then uh, I believe Cyrus Dumas at any moment will officially commit mm-hmm. to Auburn. Uh, he is a playmaking uh, cornerback. He's about five. 10, 5, 10, maybe 170 yeah. from Homewood originally. Right. But makes tackles, makes tackles for loss, causes fumbles, gets interceptions, breaks up breaks up passes. I mean, he just he makes plays all over the field. I, you know, I think they like him as a corner, but because of the way he plays, he sounds like he can fit in nickel two things yeah, in there. Yeah, I think so. So, and, and then you're shoring up another position where coming out of spring, they, they felt fairly good about just thin as far as numbers there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they had three corners coming out. And, and one of the three, uh, well, I mean. Well, J.D. Rim was injured all spring. They, right. J.D. was out. So the third they felt pretty good about was the true freshman right. at and Lee. And he's going to be a great player. Mm-hmm. But you you got to have more than but that. But right? that the, gives you a little more flexibility, guys, that could move around where you could keep your top guys, your top what? cover guys. Out there at what's, the same time. What's the eligibility story on Dumas? He would he would have. I believe I he's he, got two. Couple, he, couple of years. Yeah. Okay, so this, uh-huh. this could yeah. also this could also yes. potentially be a move to brace yourself for the loss of. Uh, uh, you're the, losing Nehemiah. You're losing. Um, yeah. uh, uh, the kid that transferred DJ. last year. You're yeah, losing DJ. DJ. Yep. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, Dumas has has pretty much got the same sort of record. I mean, if he has if he has a really good year, he's he's probably gone too. But he's a guy that does have. An extra year available because of COVID, right? And and those are those are positions where we wondered if even if you like even if you like your starting options, you you want insurance at least, and maybe you're bringing in someone to to, to play, uh, you know, and and, and press for those uh, uh for for those those starting positions. So I don't know of the, of the of the recent commitments. Is there one that really intrigues you as? As an addition, the I think, most, the, I mean, most the, recent? the two the two receivers. Yeah, of, Shane Hooks of the most recent is, yeah, is I mean, really I'm, intriguing. I mean, the two receivers just because of how much Hugh Freeze and his coaches talked about wanting to upgrade the talent level at that position, and, mm-hmm. and these two these are both guys who yeah. seemingly profile as as fellows who would but shorter and hooks. Yeah, shorter yeah. and hooks both seem like more so than with all due respect to Caleb Burton. Burton, I think, is largely potential, right? Because shorter, you know, shorter and hooks have have. Put up some numbers. Yeah, I mean Bert Burton is a, a big time recruit who right. you know didn't work out at Ohio State. These guys are you know they, they were on the field producing last year. Granted, at the FCS and Group of Five level, uh, but still the, these seem like two guys who who step in and and could be two of the top five or six options on the team right now. Wide receiver. Uh, uh, right now, I, I'm just I'm projecting them at the outside. Yeah. spots. I could I could see um I could see assuming shorter can stay healthy. Right. I could see him and um and uh Hooks and Hooks as a starter's potential. Yeah. And then Javari is probably as yeah. your starter at uh at flanker. But I think slot. I think Auburn's now got some oh, they've real got depth depth. real competition. Yes. Right. So you know, if Coy Moore is listening, he can go out there and, and compete and win that job. Camden they, Brown? Yeah, exactly. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Camden, Camden Brown and Coy Moore looked like guys who, if Auburn had had to play a game instead of their spring game, 
Right. If they'd had a real game that day, feel like Coy Moore and Camden Brown were probably going to be well, starters Camden, at wide Camden receiver. Well, Camden was banged up. I don't yeah. even play in the spring game. I can't remember. But it, uh, it was, no. Um, no. It was the other transfer, uh, Mardner. Nick Mardner mm-hmm. was one starter, and I think I think Coy Moore was the other starter. In the yeah, he game, was. If I'm not mistaken. And they were being, I mean, they were being cautious, and it might be yeah. a little different how they. But but can't like you. I mean, you you guys just said you think Javarius could could still be in line to start. Although there will be competition there. Caleb Burton yeah. might be might be a slot receiver. We don't we don't know. Oh, I think he will be. Seems like that would be. be yeah, that that would be the young incoming competition. Yeah. Plus, there were there were first year players last year yep. who could who could take a step forward, and you know we're a local show, so J C Hart. Also, very, very much in this mix. Once he gets to campus, val- valedictorian, I believe, and very, very fast. Too. Right. So yes. I mean, so, so someone there, but uh, uh, I mean, well, you per- can play a lot of receivers, right? But Coy, Coy, and Camden seem like the of the of the returnees. Those seem like the ones that are being challenged right now by the incoming players. Those oh yeah, are, those oh, are yeah. the ones who like you. You can hold on to your jobs. Or, or you could see a transfer come in and and jump you on the depth chart if you're not careful. Now, so it's now interesting. Now with uh, Auburn has 42 newcomers. That's correct. Uh, if you want to count, wow. if you count Cyrus, 21 signees and 21 transfers, and potentially still recruiting Markel Bell, the JUCO, uh, I believe, offensive lineman, the big six nine, three thirty four. Uh huh. Three hundred forty-five pound kid. I'm trying to figure it now. Numbers wise, it's tight. I've got him at eighty-four right now. I got him at eighty-five so, right now. Okay, that's how that's how close it is. But but I do believe Brian, and this is something I was trying to check the other day. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I do believe if someone doesn't qualify now, it's not like it used to be because under the twenty-five initials, if a if one of those didn't Literally. qualify. You couldn't replace them until the next right. class. I think with the eighty-five, somebody doesn't qualify. Next right. one up. Right. So, right. yeah, we, we'll check numbers here yes. during the break. But yeah, it's it's wild. Of so, if is that including is that including Dumas though? Of your eighty-four? Yes. That, that oh, okay. Is Dumas, yes. Okay, because I, I, when I put him down, I, I had eighty. Because I was I was writing a story for tomorrow, and I was including him in it, assuming that he was going mm-hmm. to be official okay. today. So. All right, we'll, we'll talk about that and more. We'd love for you to join in. We're just getting started here on the Monday Drive. Come on in. You're live on the Drive. <laughs> the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. Got Drew at the controls. Brian, before we continue, just to talk a little bit about, I mean, there, there's still plenty going on. Softball's done. Yes. But as you said, baseball headed up to Birmingham as the five seed here in the SEC tournament. We've still, you know, we're sort of, why I think, winding things down as far as football recruiting um, could be done basketball recruiting but i think they'd still like a big guy i mean yeah. there's a lot going on uh that that you can follow there at auburnsports.com yeah and i think they you know if ty and lawrence wanted to come here i think they'd probably oh i think they'd make room. oh there's room yeah Auburn only got 10 players on yeah. scholarship right now that's if janai is right. back and i think you know they're expecting janai back and i don't know that they have a firm plan b if he doesn't come back so you know i saw somewhere today that uh 
that Auburn maybe has contacted uh, the the Memphis backup Memphis uh, backup center okay. entered the portal um, Dandridge. Um, so I mean that that could be that could be somebody. Hey Auburn Auburn could be interested in him regardless. Uh, I mean right. um, obviously if Janai didn't come back, but even if Janai does, just to get another. Um, another player that can help them at the four and five. Yeah, they were looking for a, like a backup four or five just mm-hmm. to come in and, and be that guy to give them a few minutes a game or a couple of rotations or something or in case an injury popped up. So we'll see. But I, I think, um, uh, what was the guy's name? Um, Chad Baker Mazzara, is that yeah. how you say it? Mm-hmm. I think it's a great addition. He's I do too. Good length at six, seven. Uh, he, you know, somebody mentioned this earlier, but he played at San Diego State, so you know that he is you know, been pushed to play really good defense. I don't know how great his defense is, but you know that's been a part well, of his Bruce talked about his, his defensive ability. I mean, um, I mean, the guy's got long arms. Yep. He's, if you watched any of his video, you see he's, he's got some quickness, and he can shoot it. 47% from three-point range uh, at junior college last year, averaged 15, over 15 points a game. Um, I think The worst I think he's ever shot three. was 39% yeah. um, one year. So if you look at Auburn's, you know, top three uh, portal guys on basketball, three of them are, you know, are better three-point shooters than really Auburn had mm-hmm. last year, which I think is just a huge improvement. And plus, they got more link to them and are going to be better um, perimeter defenders too, which is another plus. Yeah, ba- Baker Mazzara comes in with experience in the A10 uh, from his time at Duquesne, experience in the Mountain West from his time at San Diego State, experience in the NCAA tournament. From his time at San Diego State, scored 17 points in his final game as an Aztec against Creighton. Had a great season uh, at Northwest Florida State in Niceville as the uh, as, as the top or one of the top offensive options uh, for Northwest Florida State. Brian, that used to be Okaloosa Walton Community College back in the day. Tay Waller came to Auburn from Okaloosa yeah. Walton Community College. You can you can throw that one in there uh, like when when, uh, when when he when he makes a, a shot or two, but uh, no, I love love the uh, the three-point shot. Uh, Baker Mazzara had 21 points in the Junior College National Championship game uh, for the Raiders and uh, and uh, you also <laughs> like to you also like to look at who else is in on a recruit. Right, your Texas A&M and Kentucky. Oh yeah, th- those those are a couple of programs that are trending yeah. in the right direction or, or have had success uh, in the in the recent past. So I think it's a really nice addition at a position of need for Auburn. Um, I, I had not seen this. Maybe maybe you guys had. Did you see the uh, the transfer? There's a transfer portal. Auburn has gained a lot from the transfer portal. Uh, did you see Bree Ellis entering the transfer portal today uh, for Auburn hear softball? About that. Yes. Yeah, Bree bombs are. Yeah, I mean, Auburn's, Auburn's leading home run and RBI producer yeah. for the last couple of years on a team that, I mean, wasn't wasn't a great scoring team. So that is a huge yep. hole want, for Auburn softball. I wonder if, uh, if if a transfer to a superpower in in softball could be in the future for Briellis. You wonder what she has in her yeah, so maybe it's maybe first, it's first question I saw after that somebody said is Oklahoma's first yeah. baseman coming back? Yeah, and you could you could wonder if it's if it's something like that or or uh, because I don't know what the future holds uh, beyond that. Maybe it's academic in nature and and there's a degree she wants from a particular school and this is the way she's going to be able to get it. But I would, uh, I'd be, I'll be curious to see where she ends up, and th- it might be, might be in a program contending for a national yeah, championship. Yeah, she's going to have some options for. Oh sure. yeah, I mean and the I, SEC freshman of the year a year ago. Yeah. I mean, I think um, there are a lot of changes that are coming to the Auburn softball program. Just stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. Three, uh, yeah, three, three, four, three, two, one, thirteen, ninety. That is the uh, number to get you through here. 
on the uh, on the drive. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews. So, what, what's your what's your sense of how the winds are blowing with Janai Broom? Because we got about we got about ten days till the deadline, and it's a it's a I think piv- he's got I think he's got options. It's I, a pivotal decision for uh, for for Janai and for and for this season of Auburn basketball. I'm still thinking he's returning to Auburn, but you know I don't. I just well, wonder. Sure, I'm not betting. Put 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 money on it. You know what I what I wonder is how much higher can his stock rise. I mean that's well, the, I mean, that was the Jared Harper that but, was the Jared Harper question. Jared Harper and granted Jared Harper enjoyed more success at Auburn yeah. than Janai Broom did, uh, but Jared Harper left a year of eligibility on the table when when he declared uh, for for his uh, when he ended his college basketball career. Jared had a year left of eligibility, and he figured I'm not going to get bigger, and I need to maximize. I mean the NBA values youth, professional basketball values youth. I you know Jared thought he was better suited to start his career when he did. NIL wasn't a thing then. I don't know what Janai Broom is earning uh, in the NIL space, uh, but I could understand if he's hearing, uh, you know, you've maximized your potential, and and this is this is as high as your ceiling gets. Maybe maybe it suits Janai to begin his professional journey now and not wait a year. Yeah, Uh, I I would say this about him improving. I thought he was Auburn's most improved player from game one to game to the end of the season last year, Mm -hmm. and I can see him improving a lot, becoming that true. Uh, stretch five uh, if he returns to Auburn this year in, in Pearl system. So I do think he can step up. But as an NBA prospect, I, I don't think he's going to become a better athlete. You know, I don't think he's going to you know, get any taller. See, that's what I wonder. That. So, I mean, if, if he's yeah. where he if, – if, if his stock is about the same as it would be in a year – then he might think, well, it's time to go ahead and start trying to make money. And with but the I'm hope, not, but as I'm not much even as he sure can. he's, he's yeah. going to be drafted right now. No, I'm not either. Gonna, but right. um, I, uh, I mean, I don't know. But the question is, with a with a good year of college basketball, would he be drafted next year, right? Or or is or is he someone who's maybe like is is the ceiling where it is? And that's where, I mean, it's one of the things I really like about NIL is is that is that in the past, you would have fringe NBA prospects who, out of desperation, would leave college basketball really early and leave a lot of college eligibility on the table because they needed to start their careers when they did. NIL, in theory provides those players with an outlet to make some money. Now it's it's not competitive with NBA money, but it might be it might be enough to keep some players in school uh for another year rather than going and just trying to find a paycheck earning, you know, trying to find uh a, a way to earn a paycheck somewhere. Mm-hmm. Whether you know whether you have to go to the ends of the earth to to play professional basketball, uh, if if that's not necessarily if you'd rather if you'd rather stay in school, like that option's available. So yeah, I, I don't again I, without knowing what the NIL right. space looks like for Janai, you know m- maybe that's something that this hinges on is is can he earn well, more? It's probably looking better right now, right? It is. Yeah, I mean his negotiating position is much better now. Oh yes. But my opinion right now, when, if you're talking about a, a sort of a fringe NBA guy like Janai is right now, in my opinion. The options to return to school are much better now. At a big time program, at, at, there's at a, NIL, there's exposure. Oh yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's much more going right. for that option, and there's a college degree too, from Auburn. That that's that's big, right? He's not going to be able to play basketball forever, so he needs he needs to think about these things. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, you know the the I mean we were doing the show while this all happened, but the the invention of things like the G League Ignite, right? Like the thought that there was going to be a professional option luring the top athletes away from college basketball mm-hmm. before they ever got to college basketball. And didn't that accelerate the NIL stuff and, and allowed... I mean, that was one of the things to, to allow college basketball a chance to compete with outlets offering money legitimately. 
you know, and, and now there's now there's ways for players to earn that legitimate money where it's not under the table and yeah. and, and black market and you know guys leaving McDonald's bags on on porches. It's it's more uh, it's 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 more traceable uh, than that. So yeah, I, I hope. I mean, I, I think Janai has an important decision to make, right? And and he can't worry about what his decision would do to next year's Auburn's bas- Auburn basketball team. No, no, he's got to do the, but, the best thing for him. But it's uh, but yeah, it's a really important decision for for, for this team because if, yeah, if, if he doesn't come back, then that that greatly affects you know the expectations, the outlook for for Auburn basketball for next year. And if he decided. And again, not not that he's done anything wrong in this situation, no. but if Janai had decided during the NCAA tournament that he was definitely going pro, oh, then then you would have had more time, and there would have been more options. Obviously, I 60, mean, 60, an, 90 days ago, yeah, right? I mean, it would an have been, opening uh, at a at a tur- at a team that is making a habit of being in the tournament every year would have been very appealing as opposed to coming in and sitting behind someone who, you know, is in their fourth year of college. And and this this timing could end up biting Auburn because Janai coming on strong in May could leave Auburn without Janai Broom and scrambling to find players who can fill the minutes that you expected Janai Broom to have next year. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in here on the Monday Drive. ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, and Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. I was trying to lead you into a little plug for, for AuburnSports.com a while ago. We got started just talking about all the stuff that's going on. But, yeah. I mean, there's plenty going on uh, at, at AuburnSports.com. There is. It looks like the football program is winding down the portal business, right? But the high school football recruiting, the 24 class, is, is about to explode. You know, uh, starting here, probably not this weekend, but next weekend, they're going to start bringing in a ton of official visitors. Maybe some this weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be um, constant news in the 24 class. Uh, they've been out on the road. The assistant coaches have setting up these visits, getting ready for uh, what should be a big four or five weeks here uh, as Auburn really uh, gets involved in trying to build that class up. You know, we were uh, uh, you know just talking about some of the numbers with 40, 42. So it's 84, 85 scholarships that Auburn has. Half right. of them are going to be yeah. first-year guys at Auburn. 50% of the roster being turned over in year one. Now, that's something you don't want to do that year mm-hmm. in and year out, but it's something that needed to be done yep. this first year. And uh, another version of this, a lesser version of this, is going to, hap- uh, going to have to happen again next year, right? They're going to have to get more portal guys than they, they would normally want to. 
But if they can recruit good in the 24 class and follow that up with a really good 25 class, I, I, I feel like by year three, then it's about signing great high school players and just filling in those little pieces where yeah, you hey, want to need a guy right here. You want to try to hang on. The thing is, is hanging on to high school players because only so many of them can step right in and play significant snaps. Yeah, it's, right. about, it's about filling in absences when they show up on the roster. And next right. year, you know, if, if you bring in a lot of one year, in, in your first year, if you bring in a lot of one-and-done players, you, you could have to fill those absences next year. Maybe you have... Maybe you have options in the roster. Maybe you have to go out, you know, maybe you have to go to the market and, and find and find them that way. Feels like it's going to be more common with first year coaches, but we'll see it in second years too, because it's sort of the, the ripple effect of mass turnover in year mm-hmm. one is that some of these players, I mean, how many of the guys Auburn's brought, how many of the players Auburn, of the players Auburn has brought in the from, from, from the portal? Right. How many of them are one year? How many of them are next year's roster? I'm, right? I'm, that's that's my next project after we get yep. through this. Yeah. Be, because because that's that's probably a decent reason. To, like you can expect that Auburn could be, and, and there are a few of these guys that could be one and done. Yeah, that could that do have a second year COVID-19. possibility. I mean right. Peyton Thorne from the start. I mean he's got two years, yep. but that doesn't mean he will be here two years. And right. there are also draft eligible holdovers that yep. could decide to go pro right. after this season and right. any of those players could be replaced or you know the the, the um yeah, the replacement could be from the transfer portal, in which case Auburn could be in the market for, for more uh, that way too. So I mean there there are I mean there's there's absolutely reason to expect not that you get used to it and say it's gonna happen every year because once you get the the high school pipelines flowing, you'll you'll have more right. in house talent to, to step in, but yeah, I think in year one, year two, maybe year three, depending on how you address the you know the holes on the roster next year. You know, you could be in a cycle where you're you're looking to now. That doesn't mean you need to lower your standards and bring in fringe players from the portal. You know, guys who may not be able to play at the conference level or anything like that. But no, Auburn could be in the market for uh, for, for quite a bit, depending on what the roster looks like at the end of the season. Yeah, and I don't think you can build a championship program to compete with Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State's through the portal. I think you have to do that through high school football recruiting. If you look at those programs right now, they sign these top five classes every year, and then you'll see them, what, maybe get oh, they'll two reach out to the five plug, yeah. portal guys a Less year. Less than a half dozen usually. Yeah. I mean, and that's how you want to do it, right? That's how, They're going to lose some guys now because they signed so many good players, and you know some of them leave if they haven't played in a couple of years. Some of them stick it out still, though, right, and become great players in year three and go on to the draft. I mean, that's that's what you want, right? Um, Auburn's got to get there by recruiting really, really well in the in the high school classes, and start winning games to keep those kids here to make them want to play, make them want to um, start and compete for championships. Yeah, slow start, and I think because of and and this wasn't necessarily. I don't know if this was an expected byproduct of allowing players free movement via the portal, but a slow start for a coach year one, like if if things go poorly in that first year on the field, it's really tough to sell optimism on the recruiting trail. And then you also have to sell optimism in your own locker room and keep those players from sticking around. We've seen, I think Florida's probably a good example of that right now where, I mean, it's not, it's, it's about trying to, I mean, you, you you need to you need to keep everybody in that that you imagine as part of the future right. on board, and you also need to go find players that can help. And if you're if you're not doing either of those things, you know it's it's the the future doesn't look bright. 
Like it's, yeah. just not, it's just and so and so that's where at least I think Hugh Freeze is doing an excellent job selling optimism now, um, and, and I think he's done some things on the roster that would indicate that on the field you could you could get some early returns. I mean, compared to compared to what he stepped into. And I think if if this team can win eight games next year, I think people will be optimistic about the future. I don't think they have to go win ten games. I, I think they can win have a winning season for the first time uh, in three years. Win eight or nine games, you know, get to a bowl game, do all those things, not get blown out or embarrassed. Uh, I think people will be much more optimistic about this program going forward. All right. I mean, we, uh, well, right, well, well, yeah, go ahead, Bill. No, I was just doing my, my, my quick. Just, yeah, the math, we got an update yeah, I was, from the I roster. Was just, just checking and trying to keep these in my head. Just as I look at it, it looks like of the 21 transfers, 10 have one year of eligibility, nine have two years, one has three years, and another one has four years. And the other thing you got, you got to think of looking at the next year is you're going to have uh, more um, guys leaving because they spent a year here yeah. and they're they're not, not they're not going to be in, in, in the rotation. Right. So th- there's going to be you've got be 25 seniors on the roster. There you go. 25 guys who have one year of eligibility on this roster. Does that right include now. your 10? Yes. Okay. And then you you would probably expect at least. Ten to a dozen guys attrition, right? Oh yeah, I mean, with with early exits to the NFL yeah. or guys that aren't playing, Auburn's going to need another thirty-five to right. forty players yeah. next year. So I don't think it'll be as big, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's it's well that that's the thing because you were pretty heavy, uh, you know, you're top heavy as far as seniors and upperclassmen that are draft eligible. Players, I mean, because Auburn, the way I look at the way I've got it, it's 25 seniors, 23 juniors, 10 sophomores, nine redshirt freshmen, and 19 true freshmen. Right. They have done a good job in the portal of getting guys with multiple years of eligibility, too. I mean, to get, you know, if that's right, if if 11 of the 21 have more than one year of eligibility, that's good. Yeah. Definitely. Because it could be worse. If if they were all guys with one year of eligibility, you need 50 players next year. Yeah, that would be wild. You don't want that. No. No. 334-321-1390. Love for you to join in. Anything on your mind sports-wise? What do you think about any of the uh, the news that we've been talking about? I don't think we've talked enough about baseball, Brian. I mean, yeah, really. uh, again, what a, what an unbelievable stretch run for Auburn baseball. Wanted to, uh, again, remind you that uh, Justin Kirby, who usually joins us Mondays at 530 for Tiger Takes, uh, on the team bus heading up. To, uh, to Birmingham for the SEC tournament tomorrow. So Jacob Goins of uh, On the Line talked with him earlier. We'll have that for you at around 5.30 this afternoon. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, without Christian Herberholtz this past weekend, yep. Tommy Vale really not himself. Yep. I mean, he was able to throw a couple of innings, but you could see he was weak. Auburn still got outstanding pitching. How about Chase Alsop? Incredible. And it just seems like every week a new Auburn pitcher is stepping up. And Chase had the best performance of his career. Right. I think it was seven innings that he allowed. Seven innings, three hits, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's, that's just uh, amazing uh, to have him stepping up. Herbal Holtz coming back. Uh, Bruce, I mean, uh, Butch said that um, Herbal Holtz has already thrown. Oh, is that right? He will do a bullpen uh, tomorrow. And it's not out of the question they could put him on the SEC tournament roster and have him available this weekend if everything goes right. Wow, that would be great. Then, then Connor Copeland. I mean, uh, it was uh, uh, the 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 doubleheader. I was a little worried about that. I mean, because you wondered who have they got, who are they going to be able to go to? Yeah, and you know he pitched really well uh, when he got the opportunity, and uh, you know they had some guys in the back end of the bullpen on Saturday 
uh, come in, you know, along with Vale and um, who got the start? Oh, uh, who struggled in the start? Um, the lefty, uh, Drew Nelson. Nelson, yeah. Yeah, had, had a tough start, but they, they managed to get through it with, uh, you know, some guys that haven't pitched a whole lot lately stepping up there and, you know, getting Auburn into the latter innings with a chance to win. Yeah, Dan, I heard you talking with uh, with with uh, Doug on you know, the Max Roundtable. I mean, remember, I remember us sitting here in in right, sitting in here, and I think Brian was here when it got to the point where mid season Auburn's ERA was exactly nine. Yeah, I mean, they had in the middle of one game when they were they were getting beaten uh, fairly handily, they had given up exactly as many earned runs as they have innings pitched, but down the stretch, ERA well under three and a half. Yep. The pitching staff really struggled the first 15 or so games of conference play. The, uh, uh, the, the ERAs going into the Mississippi State series, which I believe was right, right, right at the midpoint. That was the series where Auburn went into that weekend with a conference ERA as a team of over eight. It was nine. It got to it got exactly to nine during during the series. During, I think during the game during the series, and then yeah. Mississippi State came into the series. They were the only team with a worse with a worse ERA right. than yeah. than, yeah. than Auburn. They yeah. were averaging. So we were saying it was reasonable to expect a run per inning. For both teams yep. in that game, based on how they'd been performing to that point, and then the, there was one really low-scoring game. I think, yeah, there that's was. It. Like maybe the first. That, that's 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 just generally what happens. You have a couple of pitching staff struggling. All of a sudden, uh, nobody gets a hit. Absolutely. So uh, no, it's it's the, the way they've the way they've performed down the stretch against among the competition. You know, in, including competition, including two of the top teams in all of college baseball in LSU and South Carolina. It, it really is just a uh, just, just great work for Butch. Did you see, have you seen the D1 baseball projections? South Carolina is, is projected as a two seed now. South Carolina, they have, they have, the, their way off they have the sixth, they have the, they have the mm-hmm. number six RPI hmm. in college baseball, but they've struggled so much that it looks like they've fallen out of the the hosting it's interesting that they're putting a lot of emphasis on the second half of the conference season or, or what have you i wonder if they got maybe that's how it's always been i don't follow it as closely or maybe they well, got you know that, word it, from that's always committee. it's always been a factor in basketball right and it would make sense that boy the teams that are hot coming down the stretch um you know you got to reward them but interesting yeah because seven sec teams were projected to be hosts including both Auburn and Alabama, uh, and nine SEC teams are in the top 16 in the latest D1 baseball RPI. Yes, Auburn's 15 and Tennessee is 16. Yeah, just, yeah South Carolina and Tennessee would both be teams using the, the most recent projections. I mean, they're, they're two of the top two seeds on the board. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and they would be uh, A&M. They've got A&M getting into the tournament as a three seed as well, uh, but those two, uh, th- those two SEC teams, on top of all the ones hosting that you mentioned, uh, they would be uh, unwelcome additions to their particular uh, regions. Uh, they've got South Carolina uh, going to uh, to Conway. Tennessee is the one that would probably really be unwelcome for a lot of different reasons. But no, <laughs> Tennessee was second only to Auburn in the second half That's of the right. SEC. And you know another thing that was exciting. They got off to a five and ten start as well. Another thing exciting about D one is they said that um, if Auburn were to get to the weekend, they would put themselves in discussion of being a top eight seed. 
Wow. I mean, with, well, yeah. Which would be the semifinals of SEC tournament. Yeah, Auburn, Auburn at 12, and with possibly the chance to not just pick up a win over Missouri, but a win over Vanderbilt, which I think would help move the needle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. they'd probably have to beat Vanderbilt and Florida to get the semifinals. Yeah. Well, I wonder, those are two of your top six I wonder if Auburn, right now. I wonder if Auburn, I'm, I'm curious to see what some of the other projections look like to come out this week. I wonder if Auburn goes into this weekend, or this week, needing to win those first two to host, or if that's where they, or if they're in... I, th- I think if they win the Missouri game, they're hosting. Now. They, they, they punch now. their ticket to the top 16. I think which, so. Which, what a turnaround it would be. You know, yeah, to go no from, kidding. To go from the bubble, and, and maybe even uh, sort of a nervous part of the bubble, uh, to, uh, to, to maybe hosting college baseball this season. Yeah, you, beat, you beat Missouri, that's nine straight conference wins. Yeah, I'm not... If, D1 baseball is correct in their current analysis. I don't think Auburn has to even win a game in this tournament. To, yeah, to sure host. wouldn't hurt. But, I mean, right, but beating a team four straight times, right. I mean, you know how tough it is to beat a team three. Yeah. I mean, Auburn fell behind, had to battle back. But, hey, if they've got a healthy Tommy Vale, Let's do it. They, they've got a shot to beat yep. whoever. 334-321-1390. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Love for you to join in as we continue here on the Monday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Final few minutes of hour number one of the drive here on this Monday. Bill, Dan, and Brian Matthews. They can call him up because Kershaw's on bereavement, right? Oh, is he? Ker- they're adding Kershaw. Yeah, Kershaw's on bereavement until the. Uh, sorry to carry over an off-air conversation here, but there is there is that factor too as well because I believe I believe Kershaw is on the bereavement list for the next couple of days, and so they might they might they might yeah utilize, that's probably what they'll they they might utilize that's, that I'm roster sure that's spot. What they'll do? That's okay. like yeah. Anyways, yeah, I don't, I don't care now. Go ahead and talk. <laughs> talking, talking a little bit of baseball there. Often, well, actually, you know, let's bleed this in because the the, the Braves continue their unbelievable. Yeah, Brian went for the first time to the mm-hmm. uh, to the new ballpark Friday night. Uh, it was Star Wars night. Uh, they had fireworks oh. afterwards. Um, did, you, did you go in costume? No, I did oh. not. I did get a picture with Darth Vader though. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it was a great game. Uh, the Braves won. You know, there was a play at the plate. There was a, a, a catch that took away a home run. I mean, there's just a lot of excitement going on. So uh, it's it's, it's a it's a fun place. Yeah, really nice park. Love oh it. yeah. So where were where were the seats? Uh, we were right in the um, left field deck. So if if somebody was going to hit a home run to the left field, it would be oh, wow. right at us. Yeah, it was a pretty good pretty good spot. Yeah, I mean. Uh... So, so your 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 thumbs up on the new location. There were a lot of people like from from this area going, "Oh man, it's farther away now." Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, I mean, if I if I lived in Atlanta, that's that's where I would want to live, right out there. You know, get season tickets. Oh yeah, yeah, but that'd be the, that'd be the life, wouldn't it? Not happening, but hey, you know. Well, there, there's still time, yeah. perhaps. Bill, have you been to the? You've not been to the new ballpark. Yeah, the, the new yeah. baseball. Oh, you been yeah. to the, okay? What do you What do you think? Uh, like got, yeah. Really, really nice. Yeah. Really, really nice. And they're, I mean, they're playing really well. Acuna is... The best player in baseball right now. Best player in baseball right now, with all due respect to Otani. You know, in the no, I mean, well, there. he's the best hitter. 
He's the best hitter. In best player in the National League. Yeah, he without, is. without question. I mean, prob- I mean the NL- I mean he is the NL MVP at the moment. I, I saw today MLB had a little thing. I mean, he's leading either the National League or Major League Baseball in hits, runs, uh, OPS, slugging percentage. I mean, he's just uh, stolen bases. I mean, he's he, he's just having a, a, an un, unbelievable year and, and uh, having fun too when he oh plays. yeah oh he definitely does. Him. But I mean, and and he hits the longest home runs. Yes. His average home run distance is longer than anybody in, in right? Major League Baseball. Yeah, the average in homers are like four hundred and forty feet. And the the, the K rate is is down from where yep. it's been in previous years too. I mean, he's not striking out as much, not swinging at pitches out of the strike zone nearly as much. No, he's he's uh, uh he, he is an absolute machine at the moment. We're we're getting closer to where he's going to want to talk to the Braves about his new contract and the new one. Is it's going to be pay. a lot more than than the deal he gave him. <laughs> the new one is going to be record breaking, and it's just uh, you know not not to not to start the Freddie Freeman's type <laughs> stuff early because we're still several years away. Um, but oh, the I, Braves the Braves will be under pressure to put up a record breaking deal on on Robert Acu- on, on Ronald Acuna Jr. or or he'll 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 seek it on the free market when when he gets the chance. Yeah, he, he leads majors. He leads the majors in. Hits, runs, doubles, batting average, and OPS. Leads the majors in that. And he is on pace to absolutely destroy the uh, uh, some first inning marks. He gets off to unbelievable starts. I mean, he, he, uh, he's on pace to, uh, to almost double Chipper Jones' Braves record of first inning hits. But the Major League record, and see, there, man, there's so many stats now. The Major League record for first inning hits is 64. He's on pace for 77. Mm. Major League wow. record for first inning doubles is 17. He's on pace for 24. Major League record for runs in the first inning is 45. He's on pace for 52. And he's batting 524 in the first inning. Which would be an all-time major league record as well. These are all these are all first inning, first inning right. numbers. But he's but he's also on. He's pretty on good the rest to, of the game. Yeah, I was going to say he's on pace to shatter some of the other. You know, oh yeah. some, some of the other records. I know. Um, well, I saw the was it the Bra- Braves team records that could be at risk. You know, in a variety of categories too. So yeah, this this guy's um, it, it, it's it's at it's off the charts. The, the start he's had. Yeah, I mean he season. is having a great offensive season. The rest of the Braves aren't. I mean, they've got some guys that have some good numbers, but there's nobody else that's out of their mind like like uh, Ronald is. All right, we're halfway done here on the Monday Drive. Come on in and join us in hour number two. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Christine Lisi. The Lakers on the brink of elimination host the Nuggets. Game 4 NBA West Finals tonight, 8 Eastern ESPN Radio, 830 Eastern ESPN TV. LA, three-point favorite at home, virtually has no shot at winning tonight. Says first take host Stephen A. Smith. The only way that happens is if Denver is more interested in celebrating at home instead of here in L.A. 
because it's going to be the the Nuggets that determine yeah. this. Lakers ain't right. got no answer for them. They're going right. to if they if they're determined, they're going to close them out tonight. The only way they're going to lose tonight is if they say, you know what, we'd rather celebrate the Mahasin. A Nuggets win results in their first series sweep in franchise history, first NBA Finals appearance, and marks the first time LeBron James is swept before the NBA Finals. NFL owners approved the flexing for Thursday night football starting this season during weeks 13 through 17. Only two flexes allowed all season must be done within 28 days of advance notice. Tiger Woods has withdrawn from next month's U.S. Open. Still no timeline for his return to action from last month's ankle surgery. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Make sure your family is well taken care of with life insurance. Protect your phones, laptops, and more with electronic device insurance. And cover your furry friends with pet health insurance. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Monday Drive. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews, MarlboroSports.com. Drew at the controls. And hour number two of the drive is brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. We'd love to hear from you, and you can join us on the Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn where you're always number one, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. Go to ESPNAU.com or RadioAlabama.net and use the Podcast Center. You can also uh, go to your favorite podcasting platform and search for The Drive with Bill Cameron. Podcasts of the show available courtesy of our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Let's get to the uh, Kia of Auburn hotline. We have calls holding, and John gets us started this hour. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, I had a couple of questions for you. You said Auburn was paired with uh, Missouri tomorrow? Yes. What time is that game tomorrow? It is the late game. Scheduled to start around 930-ish, but... Well, it's actually, I thought it was scheduled. No, it's scheduled to start at 8. 8, okay. But it's more likely to start closer to what Brian said. It's used to 9.30, (laughs) right, or 10, or later. Yeah. Oh, so that damn, that won't be finished till 1 o'clock in the morning then. And, you know, there's rain in the forecast tomorrow. So, so yeah. So, did Missouri have to go back to Missouri and then come back to Alabama within two days? I don't think they did that. No, I I haven't asked. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there. I think I heard this the other day that their plan was they were they were just heading to Birmingham. They went. They went into the weekend knowing they were probably playing on Tuesday. So I'm I'm thinking they packed for they packed for both. uh, you know, trip, which you know can be tough if some of the guys have pets back home or whatever. You know, you got to figure out you know how, how you're going to handle you know not not just three days away, but potentially a week and a half. Uh, but they've they got the opportunity to keep playing baseball. Can't imagine they went back to Missouri after the game uh, Saturday. Yeah, I know it's a uh, seating thing, but it's bad juju to play somebody four <laughs> four games in a row. Uh, uh, the other thing was softball. I was able to watch the uh, after church. Was able to watch the uh, 
the Auburn Clemson game, the first game where Auburn won five to two and uh, brought on the uh, you know deciding game. I wasn't able to watch that. Who who pitched the uh, deciding game for Auburn? Uh, they started Maddie. Uh, she was obviously out of gas. Gave up, I think, three runs in the first couple innings or a few innings. What yesterday? Yeah, yeah. The she pitched game. both. I mean, she she was uh, approaching two hundred yeah. two hundred pitches because I think she threw one something in the first game. So yeah. I think it was like one thirty eight, and she was over fifty well, in she, the second you, game. You don't see, and, and I'm not a doctor or someone who's an expert in these things. You don't see that in college baseball because of the concern about you know, when a pitcher's you know when a, when a pitcher cools down after after going, you don't want to then call them back into action again a couple hours later. It's different in softball, different muscles at play, etc. Uh, but yeah, it was a heroic effort and to cap off a heroic season uh, for for Maddie yeah. Penta. But yeah, she she was uh, uh, she was she was out of gas by the uh, by the time Clemson got things rolling. It's definitely a different mechanic uh, throwing overhanded versus underhanded, and doesn't have the same wear and tear. But just physically. When you pitch oh, yeah. as much as she has this year, you got to be tired. Yeah, it's not necessarily so, uh, the arm; it could be the legs. I mean, so yeah, I hate to see him uh, lose, but that's kind of a saw the writing on the wall. We need to see if we can. Uh, I wish we could uh, generate some more uh, run support for her. And well, and, and and now it's going to be tough with Bree Ellis entering the portal today. Yeah, that's, uh, hate to hear that. So. Uh, but uh, that, that's about all I've got. So maybe Auburn can uh, win tomorrow or uh, Wednesday morning, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world uh, for for Auburn's pitching if uh, if everything got pushed back a little. Yeah. Well, pray, pray, for, pray for rain situation. We we appreciate the phone. Yeah, call. Yeah, thanks for the call, John. Good, good stuff, John. That's uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see if Auburn uh, can get going close to the scheduled time uh, tomorrow, or if it's a uh, a washout that gets things pushed back. Uh, well into the night. SEC Network, by the way, all day long, your coverage of uh, the SEC baseball tournament. I believe all four games tomorrow are on the SEC Network, so uh, the uh, the rare national television appearance for a lot of teams uh, in the SEC uh, this weekend. So, uh, so yeah, check, or check out or this week. Uh, check out, yeah, Auburn, uh, Auburn, Missouri, scheduled uh, for 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Fact, That's subject to change. All four games Wednesday, all four games Thursday. Um, both if, I guess, well, both games Friday and then every game until the championship is on SEC Network. ESPN2 will carry the game Sunday. Yeah, I think, I think ESPN2 moves in for some of these championships. The ACC yep. championship also uh, scheduled for ESPN2, but the SEC, I think they they like to give a lot of that tournament action to the uh, to, to the flagship cable network uh, when they can. Yeah, SEC Network carrying much of the SEC baseball tournament from Hoover uh, this weekend. 334-321-1390, and James is up next. Hey, James. Hey, guys. Hey, James. i got two quick questions for you. First one is, all right, if Janai Broom doesn't come back, who are the other two big-time basketball recruits that are – I know Dylan Cardwell's actually taller than Janai Broom, but who else are we looking at to back either back up Dylan Cardwell or to maybe – time with starting time with him. See, we we wondered if if Jalen is playing the five. You know, if you look at this current roster and take Janai Broom away and you don't add anybody to it, I wonder if Jalen plays the five and you go smaller than you've gone in recent years, and maybe the four 
is a combination of Cheney and Chris Moore, and, and you go from there, maybe playing up tempo and undersized. I don't know if they would, you know, look to move Dylan into the starting lineup and have him play a lot. But your your options without Janai on the roster right now in the post are Jalen Williams, Dylan Cardwell, Cheney Johnson, the incoming uh, forward from North Alabama. Uh, and then uh, the uh, and then Chris Moore, who's recovering from uh, the shoulder injury that he suffered uh, late in the season this past year. Yeah. Okay. Well, now there could be now, now the, one more thing on the Janai Broom front. If if Auburn were shopping for a Janai Broom replacement now, uh, there there is over the next ten days the possibility that some bigger name players could enter the portal because the draft deadline is coming up and you could have some players drop out of the NBA draft and reopen their recruitment. So the, the, the front court options available to a college basketball team could change in the next week, week and a half as players remove themselves. May 31st is the deadline to drop out of the NBA draft and retain your college eligibility. So we could see players uh, you know, make themselves available and, and Auburn, if they needed to replace Janai Broom, could go after one of those players, presumably. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say... My other question is... Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'm I was, well, I was going to say, um, I, I'd seen earlier today that um, Malcolm Dandridge, who is a... Uh, a senior in the portal from Memphis, um, had and he's a big guy. He's a 6'9", 260-pounder. He, he had, I believe, he had tweeted out that Auburn had, uh, had offered him. So, I mean, there, there's a guy that could be a possibility. Now, he's, I believe he's been, I don't know that he's been a starter. I'm looking up his bio right now. Uh, it says this past year he played in 20 games with three starts across an injury play campaign, 5.7 points, 3.6 rebounds. Had a good game against Alabama, it said. Um, but but yeah, that that's that's a big guy apparently that Auburn's contacted. My other question is: uh, Have we heard anything new or anything at all on the apparel front with Auburn's negotiations or upcoming negotiations for the future? Well, John we Cohen, yeah, John Cohen was asked about that and said Auburn, you know, Auburn's going to be. Um, you know, looking at things long and hard, and there's some there's some investigating and planning. He didn't. I mean, he wasn't going to say that. Yes, we're definitely going to continue, or no, we're definitely looking at a new deal. But but it's something that Auburn is really considering right now. They're yeah. looking at all their options. The negotiating window with Under Armour, exclusive negotiating window, expires September first. After that, they're free to negotiate with anybody. Mm-hmm. And the way John Cohen worded it was that they'll be able to to say a lot more once that expires, which is to me is uh, more or not even really co, but they're, they're, they're definitely exploring their options. I would be very surprised if, if they don't uh, look very hard into getting a new apparel sponsor. Yeah, I feel the same way, Brian, on that one, because it seems like Under Armour's getting out of the college sports business with the new direction under, the new leadership under armor don't look like they're interested or maybe they are, but they, it's like everybody's trying to get out of it. So I, I don't, what, what I would, sense, what I would so. watch for with under armor's negotiation with Auburn and, and vice versa is, is under armor getting out of the college business entirely, or are they becoming a lot more selective where they just want to represent a few 
premium brands in college athletics and nobody else. And if so, I could see why they'd want to retain their relationship with Auburn, and they could see, you know, may- maybe it's like a Jordan brand thing where they want one or two schools in every conference, but they don't really want to go much further than that, and they, and they just want to have a short list of colleges uh, with which they're affiliated. I, I don't know uh, if it's if it's getting out of the business entirely or just becoming a little bit more selective and trying to get the most bang for their buck with the uh, with with the schools that they choose to do business with. Um, I I would I'd be interested to know, Brian. Do you do you know how large of a role? Uh, and we appreciate the phone call. Good good stuff from uh, from James. How large of a role does does the apparel? contract with a school the apparel provider how big is that in recruiting these days especially basketball recruiting because i feel like for a long time bill backed me up here we heard about how under armor schools were at a basketball recruiting disadvantage yep. compared to nike schools or adidas schools or jordan brand schools right. and i wonder is there still a stigma like that uh, ar- around in in basketball is is the aau stuff uh, still as as prominent as it was, where kids develop brand allegiances very early uh, in their in their high school careers, their amateur careers, or is that something that's changed as the money in college athletics has changed, and now uh, NIL playing a, a role that that allows kids to you know m- maybe uh, change change the way they approach this? Yeah, I don't think it's as important as it was. I really don't. Um, however, I think it's more important in many ways to the fans. Right, they're the ones buying all this apparel. And if they don't like the stuff that Under Armour's putting out, they're they're going to get you know upset about it and want somebody different. And I think a lot of this is being driven by that at the moment. Hmm. Well, yeah, don't be surprised if uh, I mean if 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 there's a change. Under Armour, tell you what, Under Armour appears to be getting out of the collegiate business anyway. When I wrote my story, I, I looked. And I think they um, have seven schools. Um, Nike had 39. This is Power 5 schools. Nike, Nike 39, Adidas 11, Under Armour 7, Air Jordan 6, which to me that's the same as Nike. I mean, just a part of Nike, right? I guess. I don't know. And New Balance 1. Hmm. So that's, that's the way it sort of lined up. I haven't heard they're actually getting out of it, but they're Well, it seems losing, like their numbers are dwindling. Schools. Notre Dame right. dropped. You know, Notre Dame is, is out of it. Right. Who was the other and school? UCLA, that was another one the other day. UCLA, they tried to drop UCLA, and UCLA sued them, and, well, and Under Armour lost that suit. Yeah, UCLA is an under. They're, they were. They were, UCLA went from Adidas to Under Armour to Jordan Brand, and now they, uh, they they've been a Jordan Brand school for about a year, year and a half now. And the deal there was, Under Armour signed a big contract and then tried to get out of it a couple of years later. And UCLA thought, well, if you you know, if, if we if we go on the market now after after you you know signed a deal a couple of years ago, you know our value is going to be hurt. You know, trying to get the best you know thing possible, so it, it ended up getting a little bit messy. Yeah, I just I wonder. I mean, uh, Nike and Adidas are the the biggest brands in the space, but I mean, you know, Under Armour has a couple of relationships that I wonder if I mean Maryland, Texas Tech, South Carolina are schools, and Auburn are schools that have Wisconsin, been Wisconsin, Utah, Maryland, right? Yeah, yeah I, I think. South so, Carolina. Yeah. So, so, yeah, South Carolina and Maryland were two of the first mm-hmm. schools to jump into, uh, in, in, you know, fr- from a from a brand to Under Armour. Uh, Auburn is in that same generation. I wonder if there would be a priority, and you know, on on keeping those intact, even if maybe Under Armour isn't interested in signing new schools right. or developing new relationships. I wonder if a couple of the schools that they've been representing now it's coming up on coming up on twenty years, right? For Auburn as an Under Armour school and. I can see why maybe some folks in Under Armour would want to keep that relationship going. Yeah, I can see that. And Under Armour or, and or Adidas might be offered more money 
but I'm not sure that's as important as it was 10 or 15 years ago because you have these huge TV contracts. I'm not saying it's not important, but if you can get something similar or close to it from Air Jordan or Nike, yeah. that might make a lot more sense. We'll see. 334-321-1390. We'll get to our first break here this hour. I'd uh, love for you to join in here on the Monday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. 20 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Monday afternoon. Let's see, we've talked uh, talked a good bit about portaling because it's it's been very busy but we okay. have it this hour let's i mean since we've got the the interview with justin kirby and tiger takes coming up at 5 30 um want to make sure that you know folks that might not have been with us again brian i mean the 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 last few days there were there was concern was it just over a week ago that man things are really slow here in the second <laughs> portal window auburn's yeah. now added nine football players in the second Crazy. portal window and i don't know uh if we uh larry nixon had had um no i don't think he had well that's another one to get excited about i mean he's a, a big a big dude you know pretty thick they can play mm-hmm. that really linebacker position it, it was a good chance i think he's probably starting next to um the old miss transfer um austin keys austin keys yeah who play the mic so uh, again you're adding portal guys who are coming in here and, and potentially starting for you Man, well, of the of the twenty one, well, we were talking a while ago. I mean, with half of them, about half of them, um, with one year of eligibility, and most of the rest having two years of eligibility, they better be near the top of the depth yeah. chart. Yeah, and um, I, I need to go through it, but I, I guarantee you, of the twenty one, I, I I expect about a dozen to be. I, I'd be started. surprised. Yeah. Caleb, Caleb Burton of the guys they brought in specifically from the portal. Caleb Burton feels like maybe the one who would be a longer term project because he's only what one year into his college yeah, football career. Yeah, he's got career, four years of eligibility. Four years left, left and sure. and and there have been some injury questions. Virtually everyone else that they've brought in from Demario the portal. Tolan. Demario Tolan would be another one who is, made, is is a guy that doesn't have to start, but yeah. I think he will help. This year, I don't think Nick probably Martin, special teams. I don't think Nick Marner will be a starter. I think he's more of a fill-in rotation. Especially now guy. that Shane Hooks, oh, yeah. has been although Marner looked certainly like <laughs> maybe one of the top three or four options coming out of the spring, based on what we were seeing towards the end of, of spring practice. But but maybe Marner is more of a rotational piece yep. than a starter at wide receiver. I wonder, unless there's somebody who just seizes the job and runs with it, I wonder what kind of. Like how big the rotation and and what rotation could mean at wide receiver if it's six guys I playing. Think I think six to eight isn't unreasonable. And is there is there someone but or six more, makes sense? And is there someone or more than one someone who uh, who makes it seem like they they need to be on the field a lot at wide receiver? Is there somebody who separates himself that's from possible. the pack? I mean, yeah, we we don't yeah. know. I mean, that that's. You know, where, where that could change the math a little bit right. at, at, but no, it, it doesn't. Aside from, yeah, maybe Burton, maybe Tolan, virtually everyone else they brought in through the portal. With, I would say the exception would be at, Steven at, at the Jack, right. because you've got right. three transfers there at one position, and maybe a couple of them play, but now it's is, is hard that, to believe that three play a lot. Is that one position or two? 
Sometimes it can be. Yeah, too. It like I wonder if too. the jack yeah. is two. Where if you've got, I mean, in, in which case between McAllister and McLeod and Sing, Sing, and and and, Falk. and, and, Falk and Brenton Williams, yep. you've got you know five guys for two spots. I, I think you'll, field. I think you'll, you'll probably see Marcus Harris still lined up outside, and maybe even at times in in a pass, and row. maybe Cam Riley as yeah, well. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Six six yep. guys that yep. could maybe that's be true. playing in different spots there. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's going to be you know some of that depends on how much pass rush you're getting at the other spots on the defensive line. How much oh, you yeah? need? How much how, push you're getting from the middle? Yeah, how, how much are you going to need? You know, those guys on the outside and multiple you know and, and need them yeah. in big numbers. But it's nice that Auburn has them because a lot of those guys we just listed weren't on the roster when uh-huh. when uh, when, the, when the fall started or when when the when the season ended. Yeah, so... Uh, I mean, you're looking at your quarterback. You're looking at at least two wide receivers, probably, from the portal mm-hmm. starting. Maybe a tight end, Rivaldo, right? At, at least three offensive at, linemen. At least three offensive linemen. Uh, defensive line, you're definitely going to get... Uh, you're going to get an interior guy. Tight end's definitely starting, a, and probably a, the nose guard. A, a, a um, jack, a linebacker or two. two. Your jack is definitely starting, right? Yep. you got two linebackers starting. That's a dozen right there. Yeah. That's crazy. It'll be interesting to see with Dumas. You know, maybe he's not a starter, but he could be. Yeah. He absolutely could be. So, yeah, that's that's incredible what they've done in the portal. That's just unbelievable, really. Yeah, and and do you think they're done? Yeah. Oh, I think they're about done transfer. Feels like they're about done transfer portal. More openings pop up. Yeah. Yeah. You never you never know. Yeah. And of course, it doesn't have to be done because as long as players are in the portal. Yeah. They've got until classes start. And if you're an upperclassman, you could leave pretty much whenever you want. And you could have some other term. guys graduate you, over you, the summer. You could have grad transfers who decide they don't love their position on the team or think there could be more playing time somewhere else. We've speculated on spots where Auburn might not be finished. I still wonder about safety, Bill. I think you were one of the first ones to bring it up you know, in, in our conversations, You know, if Auburn would be looking to add. If you, might move, you might move one of your corners or nickels now to safety. I mean, Kaufman, what I'm, what I'm thinking. Kaufman worked a lot at nickel and dime this offseason, but he's somebody who's played a lot of safety mm-hmm. in his college football career, especially if something were to, like, looking at the roster right now, if something were to happen to take Zion or Jalen out for an extended period of time, maybe moving Kaufman to safety would be preferable to these coaches versus leaning on someone like a Bridges or a Wooden or a Marquise Gilbert? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wait, wait. Yep. <laughs> the third, no, you got the third I know. He's the one I always... I'm, I'm certain about... Uh, Caleb and I'm certain about. Uh, well, hold on. Now that's uh, there's there's uh, Kalen, right? It's it's Caleb and the the Caleb, Caleb Wood, Caleb Wooden, yep, and Caleb He's Bridges, Caden, and Caden Bridges. I was like, I I knew I knew the last names there, but between Bridges and Wooden and Gilbert, they've got potential at safety, but maybe they'd want either Kaufman or an upperclassman who's not on the team right now. That that could be something they'd, they'd still be looking to uh, to add if. If, uh, if they were still on the market. It's in, crazy. In safety, you got three true freshmen coming in, too. Terrence Love, yeah. Sylvester Smith, C.J. Johnson. So maybe, right. they, yeah, maybe they could so, be done. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's, a ton, that's a ton of guys for two, if, two if, or three spots. If one or two of them doesn't move the linebacker. Right, right. So, so, yeah, I mean, unbelievable to think of the, the turnover uh, and the, the job that Hugh Freeze yep. and his staff have done. It's impressive. I, so, not, was it 19, 19 players went in the portal? And Auburn brought 21 it's, back? No, it's 20 and 21. Is it 20 and yep. 21? Okay. Yep. And, well, it will be 21 soon, I believe. Right. Um, and I just, I, to me, as if I just step away from being a reporter or whatever, I, this makes me really excited for Auburn football this fall. 
I mean, extremely excited. Oh yeah. I mean, you got well, a brand I mean, new quarterback. It, it, new coach, it is. It is team. fun when there's yeah. oh, there's a bunch of new faces yeah. to be watching, yeah. and a lot of them have track records and pretty good track records. Yeah. So it's like, ooh, let's see how all these pieces fit right. together. I mean, I'm not. I'm not expecting Auburn to go. Uh, you know, win the SEC and you know play for a national championship. But I, I think Auburn is going to be much more competitive now. Well, and in a league where there's a lot of wild cards, too. I mean, in a league where, and in a league where I know LSU recruited very differently than Auburn did before Brian Kelly arrived, but LSU went what five and five, I think, the year uh, the, the year of the, the the COVID season, and then five and seven in Orgeron's final. I mean, LSU was had had a losing record in the final two years before uh, Brian Kelly shows up, and they win the SEC West, right, with some key additions in the transfer portal. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not. I mean, there there are. I mean, there's at least one and maybe two or three opponents on Auburn's schedule where you know the roster at at. Most of the key spots, the roster appears to be, uh, you know, skewed in favor of of the opponent. Right, but there are a lot of swing games on the schedule. Both too. those games are at home, though. That's 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 true. Oh, at LSU is is another one that yeah. I would say would probably be in in that conversation as well, especially after the season LSU just had. But but games like Ole Miss and Mississippi State at home, at Arkansas, at A and M, at yep. Cal, at Vanderbilt, like the, these feel like games. If you can get things rolling early. Right, a lot, lot of them, lot, lot of them could lean Auburn. That, that's that's that, what this portal's done for Auburn. It's taken a team that was going to win three or maybe four games to a team that maybe could win seven, eight, nine. Depending yeah, I think the ceiling was the ceiling was going to be six or seven. The ceiling is two or three higher than that. I had the ceiling lower than that. If you just go back to uh, November twenty eighth when he when he was hired. Oh, I know, but I'm. I'm I, I, there, there were still there were still some games they had a chance. I mean that's ceiling is think about max. what that offensive line looks like without the portal. Oh yeah, and no the defensive kidding. line. Oh, you're right. Yeah, offensive Ooh. especially. Yeah. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. The uh, pre-recorded Tiger takes with Justin Kirby is coming up. Stick with us here on the Monday Drive. to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, 27 minutes away from 6 o'clock. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews, MauburnSports.com. And, uh, yes, at this time, we uh, generally spend some time with Auburn outfielder Justin Kirby, uh, our Tiger Take segment. But Justin and the team headed up to Birmingham. So Jacob Goins, host of On the Line, had the opportunity to spend some time with Justin earlier today. 
Welcome into Tiger Takes here on ESPN 106.7. My name is Jacob Goins, host of On the Line from 2 to 4 right here on ESPN 106.7. Tiger Takes brought to you by Zach Alsabrook and Alsabrook Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back or find him on the web at alsolaw.com. Today, as always, we are joined by Auburn University outfielder Justin Kirby. And Justin, appreciate you sitting down with me. Uh, you guys are heading up to Hoover today for the SEC tournament. And so I'm sure vibes are pretty high for this Auburn baseball squad. Yeah, yeah. People are, uh, we're all feeling pretty good. We, uh, we ended the season or the regular season just about as well as we possibly could have. Uh, it was a really, really exciting way to finish things up, especially even just within that last game. Come from behind win, wouldn't want to have it any other way. Well, Justin, the regular season is over and a very up and down regular season for, for Auburn baseball. It didn't start out uh, the way you guys wanted, dealing with some injuries, uh, dealing with some inconsistencies, and then all of a sudden, Auburn baseball became the hottest team, not just in the SEC, but Justin, the hottest team in the country. What has the journey been like throughout the regular season now that it's over? What was the season like for this team as now you're the five seed in the SEC tournament? Uh, I think it was just a, I mean, I've said, I've used this word a lot, but I can't really find another word that better kind of captures the uh, identity of this team. But it's just really a story of resiliency. And um, I mean, Coach Thompson always talks about staying in a fight and then staying in a fight led to dominating the fight. And I think it's just, it, that just speaks to our team, and we had a lot of stuff that a lot of stuff out of our control that didn't necessarily go our way in the beginning. And yeah, you spoke about the uh, inconsistencies, and um, I mean injuries are going to happen in a baseball season, but the inconsistencies and it kind of felt like for the, the majority of the beginning of the year, um, a lot of people didn't really know their roles, especially on that pitching staff. We had, I mean, I think if you look back, we've probably had the most weekend starters in the country i feel like we just had a different guy roll out there every single day of the weekend seems like the first couple of weeks of the season but um i think that i think that was kind of the tale of the second half was people really finding their roles and dominating their roles and uh no one tried to do too much but they just did exactly what the team asked of them and people just consistently delivered uh, exactly what the team needed when uh when the game called upon them well, Justin, you guys have been a lot of fun to watch, but I'm sure it's been a lot of fun to be a part of this team. And since that Alabama series where you guys went to Tuscaloosa and dropped two of three, you've won five straight SEC series. What's it been like for you personally to be on what is literally the hottest team in college baseball? It's been really special. It's been, it's, I'm, I'm just so proud of the team. I'm proud of us, just how, how we stayed, you know, not to be a broken record, but yeah, we stayed in the fight and it's we're I guess, you know, I've only been here a year, but Auburn's historically a second half kind of team and when all the all the outside noise was kinda of just writing us off and uh I mean we weren't picked to we weren't picked to really do anything at the beginning of this year anyway, and it kind of felt like for that first half we were almost proving people right. And then um but our team had such a belief about us and we knew that we weren't playing our best baseball. So to come out for that entire second half and it felt like every single day we just showed up and played our game. We didn't care about who the, who the team across from us was, but we just played Auburn baseball 
And I, I'm just so proud of how we how we turned things around and how we finished and how we proved people wrong. Because personally, that's what I like. That is definitely my biggest uh, motivation. I just love proving people wrong, and mm-hmm. um, I, I love to I love to show how good that we truly are. Well, it's always fun when you can uh, when you can go against the haters and, and really just like you said, prove people wrong. And, and again, halfway through this season, man, there was a legitimate concern that Auburn baseball wouldn't even make the postseason. And then all of a sudden, everybody seemed to figure it out offensively, defensively, and the pitching rotation. The confidence was there within you and this entire squad. And uh, I would say you guys have proven people wrong with a five seed in the SEC tournament and getting ready for postseason play. In your mind, Justin, in this season... Where was the turning point exactly? Because, again, you had that Alabama series where you went on the road to Tuscaloosa and dropped two of three. The vibes were not extremely high, and then all of a sudden, everything came together. You roll off five straight SEC series wins. Was that the turning point, or do you think it was somewhere else? I think, you know, there's so many moments and so many awesome times during this uh, this uh, stretch, but when I look back and I think, I think that that one swing by Bryson Ware against Mississippi State, I think really kind of uh, catapulted us uh, on this kind of stretch. Just because, you know, if you look back into the into that game and that specific moment, um, I mean, if he doesn't hit a clutch go-ahead home run, we're kind of looking at just uh, another heartbreaker, another moral victory of being so close. Mm-hmm. We would have dropped another series. Um, but I think that that swing that puts us ahead, just, you know, it jolted us forward. It gave us so much life. And, uh, we, you can only have so much of a belief about you. I feel like, like, yes, we have, I think our, I talked a lot about quiet confidence, uh, last week, uh, regarding like Tommy Vale and Joseph Gonzalez, but our entire team really embodies that quiet confidence about us. And, um, just uh lost my train of thought right there, but just the you know we we don't do the we don't do the rah rah stuff we just show up it's very professional uh just kind of how we go about our business and play play our brand of baseball but um going back to going back to that specific swing with bryson is just if he if he doesn't hit that you you can only talk about believing in yourself so much until you actually have to do it. So Bryson did it, and then I feel like that kind of told our entire team, like, oh, like, this is doable. This is all – everything we want is still in our control. Our destiny is very much in our own hands. So I think, honestly, that was probably the moment, at least for me. Right. Well, you talk about that outside noise going into that Mississippi State series. It seemed like all the noise was Auburn has to win this series. Like, this was – that was a must-win series, and you guys mm-hmm. pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It was we were we were kind of getting down to the wire of like, hey, uh, we we really do have to start winning some games if we want if we want our goals to actually happen. So that's kind of what I was saying. Where yes, it's important to have a belief about you. It's important to have that confidence. But at the end of the day, you still you got to do it. You got to win. So I think that that specific moment kind of embody both of those things.
speaking with Auburn baseball's outfielder Justin Kirby for Tiger Takes, brought to you by Alsabrook Law Group. You guys are a five seed in the SEC tournament this week. You're heading up to Hoover today to play in the Hoover Met. Justin, a place that Auburn baseball has not won since 2018. What's the message from head coach Butch Thompson this week about trying to break that streak, the winless streak there in Hoover, and then trying to make some noise in the SEC tournament? Um. I mean, he hasn't really, we haven't really spoken about any sort of streak just because, um, I mean, the past is kind of the past. It doesn't really affect us too much, especially, you know, we are, we're a different team. We have our own, uh, we've been on our own journey and we've battled through our own sorts of things. And, um, I think kind of the message is just to continue what we've been doing. And, uh, Coach Thompson always talks about how I'm not asking for, I'm not asking for more. I'm not asking for anything special. I just, want you to be who you are uh continue to play this type of baseball you've been playing and uh it has been working and that's a that's kind of all you can ask for is like just because baseball is such an interesting sport where you can never get too high never get too low just kind of keep that steady approach and that that's really been the message thus far and Justin, Auburn is a five seed in the SEC tournament, and what makes it unique is you're taking on the 12 seed. It's Missouri, a team that you just swept this past weekend at home. My question is, is it easier to take on the same team that you just played three times in a row, or maybe is it harder because it's a different scenario playing in the SEC tournament? Um, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's uh, on one hand, I think we've kind of seen – uh, everything they have to offer, just we've seen all their, we've seen all their bats, we've seen all their uh, arms out of the pen. Um, on the flip side, they could say the same about us. Um, and then just again, baseball is a funky game. Uh, you know, it's hard to beat a team four times in a row. That's just the truth. But uh, again, it's just staying on us, playing our game, and uh, I think that's been the most impressive part about us this this second half is just that it didn't matter who was across from us we weren't playing the name on any jersey um we we were just kind of showing up and taking care of business the way we know how and uh playing our game and really just however far that got us is however far it's going to get us and Justin, for you and for this entire team, how was the mindset different in this game on Tuesday against Missouri? Because it's single elimination, right? It is a win or go home scenario in game one of the SEC tournament. How does the mindset change when it's that single elimination versus maybe a three-game series in the regular season? I think that the uh, it is interesting just because, yeah, it's, it's win or go home, but really just the nature of SEC play in that regular season, every game has such serious implications. You can't take a single pitch off just because, I mean, as we're figuring out now, I mean, one win or one loss is the difference between maybe making the postseason or maybe hosting a regional or one of those, one of those things. So I think that just this entire, entire set of SEC games um, during the regular season has really prepared us just for um, – Every, every pitch mattering, uh, and not coasting through anything. And that, it also allows us to, we're used to playing with things at stake, but not putting too much pressure on ourselves and not letting the moment get ahead of us, just kind of taking things for what they are and enjoying it. And I'm personally really excited for this SEC tournament. I'm, I'm excited to be in the Hoover Met and, uh, experience the crowd and the atmosphere and, um, 
there is there is something different when you know it's postseason play versus a regular season game, as serious as a, any regular season game may be. But I think for us, it's all about just kind of taking it in, enjoying it, and uh, really just taking the moment uh, one step at a time, not getting ahead of ourselves. Heading into Hoover, Auburn baseball on an eight-game win streak, 17-13 and 13 in SEC play, up to number 15 in the RPI. You mentioned it just a moment ago. Justin, what would it mean for Auburn baseball, for the team, and for the community and the Auburn family if you were, if we were able to make some noise in Hoover this week, continue to climb, and end up hosting a regional? I, I mean, that was, that was my dream coming into this place. Uh, I wanted to – I've never experienced postseason play, but I'd, I've never even come close to experiencing postseason play at home, and I just think that that would be so special – uh, it'd be incredible atmosphere. Uh, I, I would love to, I would love to do that for this community and just for this team. And just, it's been such a great feeling being able to prove ourselves right and all the kind of naysayers wrong. And, um, I, yeah, word, words wouldn't really be able to describe just how exciting that would be. And Justin, imagine if you were able to host a regional at Plainsman Park and combine that with what has become the tradition carried over from Jordan-Hare Stadium into Plainsman Park, the Eagle Flight in a regional? Mm-hmm. Man, that place would mm-hmm. be electric. Oh, believe me, I've, I've thought about it. I, I, was, uh, I was kind of picturing just how crazy it would be. and I, So we've done that twice now. Uh, this second time around, it was. I think that the Eagle was really kind of like... He's a showman for sure. He <laughs> he was flying around. He got like right above my head. I thought it was going to get me. Um, but it that is an incredible experience, and it's like the coolest thirty seconds ever. Um, we've got to be the only baseball team like in the history of the NCAA to have a live eagle fly around the field uh, before a game. But yeah, talking about before before a regional game, that'd be odd. Like that'd be insane. Yeah, it would. It would be. It would be unbelievable. That uh, I'm so glad that they decided to carry that over, and, and mm-hmm. it is. It has gone so well. There was an incredible picture from this weekend when it was flying over of you guys in the dugout, everybody just looking up, and it was. Mm-hmm. It was a really, really neat picture. It looked like you guys were enjoying it. Yeah, I think that. I think one of my favorite things about it is uh, is looking at the opposing team and just like their reactions because they're all just genuinely like. It's almost like they're starstruck. It's right. It's incredible. It's incredible. They've never seen anything like it. And yeah, we kind of haven't either. But we almost got acclimated to it just at football games. So we've seen something like it. But uh, you know, when when LSU was here, they were just their eyes were just fixated on that eagle, and their jaws were dropped, and it was so crazy. Uh, same with Missouri. It's it's really exciting to watch. Well, it's one of the coolest traditions in all of college sports. It's been carried over from football into baseball. Auburn baseball going to Hoover today. They'll take on the 12 seed of Missouri Tigers as the 5 seed themselves on Tuesday in the single elimination game, trying to win some games in Hoover. And if they continue to climb, maybe even host a regional there at Plainsman Park. Justin Kirby, man, we appreciate you sitting down with us. Safe travels to Hoover, and good luck to you guys this week. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you so much. That is Justin Kirby, the Auburn University outfielder, joining us for Tiger Takes here on ESPN 106.7. Tiger Takes are brought to you by uh, Alsterbrook Law Group each Monday at 5.30 right here on The Drive on ESPN 106.7. On the web at alsolaw.com. We thank Alsterbrook Law Group for their support of Tiger Takes here on The Drive. And we appreciate uh, Jacob.
being able to talk with Justin a little great, earlier great, today. Great job, buddy. Appreciate, appreciate yeah. you, you stepping in there because, uh, yeah, like like uh, we mentioned, the travel uh, making uh, Justin's appearance uh, today uh, an impossibility. Hope to get to talk to him again uh, as Auburn uh, looks ahead, not just to the SEC tournament this week, but some postseason baseball after the SEC tournament. We'll know more about that. Is the field unveiled Sunday night or Monday for college baseball? I uh, think Sunday. Okay, Sunday. So, so we'll know this time next week. No, and it's Monday. It's the 29th. Yeah. I think it's the 29th. I, it I is think Monday. A, a week from today will be leading yes. up to the to the bracket being unveiled, and, and we'll we'll have more about that. So we might get to talk to Bill. Hey, Bill, we might get to talk to Justin right right before the right before the bracket is is revealed for for, for Auburn baseball this uh, uh, this postseason. Look, looking forward to uh, uh, to that and, and other stuff in the in the next uh, coming days. I think they put out the um, national seeds on Sunday, possibly. Yeah, I think the, the national past. seeds go out Sunday, and then the the full bracket, I believe, is Monday. Let's see. I've got selection show May 29th, noon Eastern, so 11 o'clock. That's when the full field uh, is announced. But you know the... Uh, uh, is it is it the sixteen national seeds or is it just the eight? I don't know. Um, because I'm I just I got a I got an email from NCAA baseball earlier today um, about the selection show, but it doesn't say it doesn't say anymore. We'll try to see if we can find that out during our final break, which is coming up. Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Monday Drive. Live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Final minute or so of the Monday Drive. And our thanks to uh, Brian Matthews. Uh, being with us again, no no show next Monday. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll 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 see what Auburn's got. We'll see what Auburn's doing. Yes, I mean as far as where they're going to be playing. Hopefully here. That would be so nice. Uh, I mean, it was so much fun last year. Oh yeah, Even no with kidding. The rain, right? Yeah, no kidding. And so Cole Foster got that thing started off so well, right in the first inning. Oh yeah. Whew. Oh man, no kidding. So uh, so yeah, fun week this week as as Brian heads up to uh, to Birmingham for the SEC baseball tournament, and that's I mean that's just one of a, quite a few things you can be following there at Auburn Sports. Yep, portaling and, and football and basketball is still happening, but it's you know it's slowing down a little bit, but recruiting is definitely picking up, especially football recruiting for the twenty four class. And, of course, plenty of coverage of, of baseball and everything happening in the postseason there. All that more, AuburnSports.com. Follow me on Twitter, BMATAU. Brian, have a, uh, have, have, have a good time in Birmingham. I will. Thank you. And we will, we'll talk to you at some point next week. That sounds good. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for the Monday edition of The Drive. We're back in tomorrow. Yeah, just as, as a reminder, we'll remind you a couple more times. We won't be on next Monday. But we're here for the rest of the week. Hope you'll join us tomorrow. That's going to do it for today. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.